Today's episode of What's on Your Bookshelf is brought to you by Insignia Training Partners, the leaders in outsourced L&D talent and resources. Insignia is a full-service learning and development company that provides L&D talent to design, develop, and deploy your training solutions. Insignia specializes in providing the right resources for your projects at a fraction of the cost as opposed to bringing on new full-time employees. This includes fractional chief learning officer services for enterprise training strategy, instructional designers to develop your training content and materials, facilitators to deliver in-person or virtual training to your staff, LMS administrators to manage the process, virtual training producers to make sure your virtual training is engaging and effective, and coaches to support the learning after training is completed. If you don't have a training department, that's okay. Insignia can be your bolt-on training department. With Insignia, you get dedicated resources providing fractional services by specialists in their field. Whether it's onboarding new hires, upskilling your team, or ensuring compliance, Insignia designs impactful programs that stick. Visit insigniatraining.com to discover their full range of services and to schedule a free consultation. Insignia is your partner for training success. Are you ready to embark on a transformative journey towards peace, purpose, and fulfillment? Join multi-certified coaches Denise Russo and Samantha Powell for your signature story retreat. This three-day retreat is designed to put you on a path of self-discovery and personal growth. Your signature story is all-inclusive so you can focus on what truly matters. Our seasoned and certified facilitators will guide you through eye-opening experiences, providing the tools and insights you need to create lasting change. If you're feeling tired and stuck and want to change your story, this retreat is your opportunity. Invest in yourself because you are the most important asset. This retreat is your chance to prioritize your well-being, enable perspectives, and unlock your full potential. Reserve your spot today and take the first step towards a brighter future. Welcome to What's on Your Bookshelf with your hosts, Denise Russo and Samantha Powell. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of What's on Your Bookshelf. This is a life and leadership podcast where we are diving deeply into the lessons we're learning from books on our shelf. Today, I'm joined once again by my co-host and friend, Samantha Powell. Sam is the founder and leader of Lead the Game, which is a coaching and leadership development consultancy company. And I'm Denise Russo, the founder and executive coach for School of Thoughts and School of Thoughts Publishing. We really appreciate if you've already been listening and subscribing and sharing the podcast. We've just finished a really amazing series on the book, Coach Wooden by Pat Williams, and now we're on to the next book. So today we start a new series, and the book that we are going to be exploring is the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. James Clear is a writer and a speaker, and he's been writing about the topics of habits, decision-making, and continuous improvement for about 10, 13, 10, 11 years now or so. And this book that we're talking about, Atomic Habits, has sold over five million copies. Sam, I know this was definitely a book on our shelf that we wanted to do next. Tell us a little bit about why you're excited about this next series that we're going through. Ooh, this one, I I couldn't wait to get started with this book. And I was out with a friend yesterday and I told her, I said, oh, we're starting this new 
podcast series about the book Atomic Habits. And I said, I'm pretty sure that if I were to follow and implement this book into my life, it would completely change my life. And she laughed at me. She goes, I love everything you said about that, right? That like you're sitting on this life-changing information, but the key is you just got to put it into practice. And, you know, we giggled uh, giggled about that. And I said, oh, this is, this is my goal with this book, right? As we really explore it, to really live this book. And it's one of the things James says in the intro of, you know, you got to live the book and it's where this came from. And so I'm so excited about this. And I hope people join us on this journey the whole way through, because I think by the end, if you implement it along with us, we're all going to change our lives together and it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited for it too. So just a, a an update for those who may be new to listening to our podcast This isn't a typical podcast where we're going to whip through an entire book in 20 minutes and then you're done. We're going to dive deeply and to drink deeply from the pages that we're learning from these books. So today we're going to be talking about just the intro of this book. And James Clear makes it clear, I guess pun intended, that (laughs) habits are the compound of self-improvement. And so what we're hoping, and we know this will happen for ourselves, but we hope it happens for you as well, is that the things that you're going to learn with us are going to help you change your life, whether you're looking to explore your passions, elevate your potential in some area, or pursue your purpose and meaning in life. So Sam, are you ready to get started? I'm so ready. I can't wait. Okay. So this book starts talking about really a crazy story that James Clear had in high school. Maybe we talk a little bit about that. And then Sam, you were telling me when in our pre-call about a story that you even had moving from high school to college. So would you like to kick us off a little bit here about what James does to set the stage for us? Oh, yeah. I really, you know, we started this book and I thought, oh, I can't wait to read this. I'm super excited. I didn't expect to be tearing up three pages in, but the story that James starts with is, and I'll read the whole first paragraph because I think I think it sets the whole tone. It says, on the final day of my sophomore year of high school, I was hit in the face with a baseball bat. As my classmate took a full swing, the bat slipped out of his hands and came flying towards me before striking me directly between the eyes. I have no memory of the moment of impact. And then the intro goes on to explain his recovery, the process, you know, going to the hospital with his parents. And I mean, I was... (laughs) I was gripped in this book in three pages with tears in my eyes thinking, oh my gosh, like, what is this book I just picked up? I got here to learn about habits and here we are, you know, on this kind of emotional journey and roller coaster about where it really leads is, you know, into this space of as he recovered, as he really focused on getting better he developed all these habits and he realized these habits were changing his life. And so this whole book is about kind of what he put into practice and what he, what he learned. And as he's telling this story, right. Cause he's talking about, this is again, this happened in high school and then, you know, talks about kind of the habits he developed as he transitioned into college. And it made me think about as I transitioned from high school to college and I really struggled and I did really well in high school. I graduated valedictorian in my class. Like, I mean, I, I was the epitome of like a high school student. I was in sports. I was in all the clubs. I did all the stuff, right? Like you check any of the supposed boxes you're supposed to have. I did it. And the goal was to get to college. And then I got to college. And I remember being in my freshman year a few weeks in and thinking, oh gosh, I had no 
plans beyond this. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, my goal was to get to college. I didn't know what was going on. And what I had done my senior year is it really felt like a really good flowing year for me. And as I look back 20 some years later, like it still feels that way. And what I realized is when I was in high school, I had a lot of really, really good habits. I went to bed at a certain time. I worked out in a certain way. I had a very good routine. I, you know, I had really just great um, habits that carried me through to my days. When I went to college and made the transition and had this kind of freak out moment of like, oh my gosh, now what? Now what do I do? And, you know, felt like I was struggling, felt like I was drowning in this moment. I also realized that as I was feeling this, my habits were slipping away, right? It, my roommate looked at me like I was crazy when I was trying to go to bed at 930 as an 18-year-old college student. Roommate, my one friend down the hall, she laughed at me because I brushed my, my, I flossed my teeth every single day, right? I was a dentist's dream at that point. I'm not anymore, unfortunately. But, right, I had all these habits that were keeping me really disciplined and moving forward. And so like, as I listened to James' story and I listened to this period of time, that was this period of time for me where I had really good habits and then lost them in this kind of existential crisis transition moment for myself, I see the difference and I know the difference in what that really feels like. So again, like just the introduction in, I was hooked on this book because I could feel it. And I was like, oh, yes, I know what that is like when you've got these habits that drive you towards a lot of success. And then when you don't have them and what that looks like and kind of the chaos that that brings and and the difference in that and really hoping that, you know, this book helps me get back to, you know, that place of good habits. Oh, man, I love the story. It's a little bit different than my story. When I was in high school, I was super shy. I grew up in a town where my friends' parents were my parents' friends when they grew up. Like, everybody knew everybody. I was a band kid. I think I probably walked with my head down and my eyes lifted up because I was really a shy person growing up and I had my core group of friends, but there was something about that that I just didn't like. I didn't want to be that way. I I so badly wanted to be like I saw other people, extroverted, outgoing, you know, energetic, funny, things that I didn't think that I was. And so when I was getting ready to go to college, I had just moved Uh, in the middle of my 11th grade year from New York to Florida, didn't know anybody. And I started to think about what if I could reinvent myself and be somebody different than I was and maybe become that person I thought I wanted to be. So when I got to Florida, I was 16 years old. The first week I lived in Florida, the space shuttle challenger blew up. Like that was my, that was my entree into the state of Florida. And I guess that ages me for people that want to do the math. But anyway, the point is, is that I suddenly decided to do things I never would have done before. So I joined the golf team. I was first chair in the band. I joined different clubs. I started talking to people proactively instead of, you know, walking through the hallway and waiting to meet friends. And when I got to college, I had thought up until that point, Sam, that I was always going to be a band director. And I went all the way to the end of my my college journey thinking I was going to be a music teacher. And about a six, six months or so into graduating, I ended up being uh, doing the same thing. Okay. I created those habits. I started in high school and carried them through college where I was not only members of clubs, but I was officers and typically the president of different clubs, including some of the largest clubs on the campus at the University of Florida. And I had become the elected student body vice president, 40,000 students 
at the school at the time. And, uh, and I was also the president of the Gator Band, which was the largest student-run organization on the campus. And I remember about six months before I graduated having this like epiphany that I don't want to be a music teacher. My parents thought I was crazy. I'd created habits since I was in the second grade to be a music teacher. And I changed. And then I, I built an entire career, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, throughout the process of our time together. In fact, if you're listening and you know me from my most recent career, you'd be surprised to know that I spent my entire schooling learning to be a music teacher, not being somebody that works in coaching, leadership, development, and technology. But what it, what it felt like for me as I read this first chapter, Sam, was that transitions help us reinvent ourselves. And for, for James, he wasn't just a little league player playing baseball for fun. Like he was planning to be a ball player. And in fact, his dad was a minor league baseball player for the St. Louis Cardinals. And so he had it in his mind that he was going to be a professional ball player as well. And in an instant that was taken away from him when this other thing happened, which ended up being able to catapult him into becoming a very successful author and speaker and teacher in an entirely different way. So he had to change his habits based on a circumstance. And I guess for me, what struck me and grabbed me right away is that sometimes it's in our obstacles or in our circumstances that allow for us to transition into something better. And he had to learn about habits. I love what you were saying about going to bed early and flossing your teeth and and being able to get into habits of simple things. In fact, the book says it's about tiny changes that create remarkable results. And for James, that was about things like keeping his room neat and tidy and having good study habits and making a routine or behavior that he did routinely so that it became automatic. Yeah, it was all these little things, right? So he... He in high school, right? This happened his sophomore year, his junior year. He was cut from the varsity team. He was the only junior cut from the varsity team. In his senior year, he made it back onto the team. But I mean, he absolutely wasn't on the trajectory that he really wanted to be or thought he would be, right? He's overcoming, you know, severe medical trauma and and really coming back from that. And so when he went to college, like you said, like right, you said it's a moment of transition, a moment of change. And he knew that if he wanted to get where he was going to be do like right, he wanted to start on the baseball team. If he knew he was going to get there, he needed to get his life in order first, right? Because he was a he was a ways away from starting on the college baseball team with you know where he was at, and so he built all these really great little habits that made a huge difference. And then by the end of it, right, and I love this part in this intro where he says, "I never ended up playing professionally." However, I look back on those years, and I believe I accomplished something just as rare. I fulfilled my potential, and I believe the concepts in this book will help you fulfill your potential as well. And that was the that was the line that I highlighted. I was like, "Oh, Denise is going to be all over this," <laughs> but you know that was it, right? To come back from you know, from an injury that was that severe, that had that big of a recovery and to feel like by the end of college, like, no, I didn't get to the pros, but I fulfilled my potential, my Mm -hmm. baseball potential. Like what an amazing thing to think about. It also made me kind of rethink potential a little bit, right? Because 
You know, I grew up in the 90s where you could be anything you wanted to, in the 90s in America where you could be anything you wanted to be and you just had to work hard to get there and all the all the great American uh, propaganda we fill our, our heads with. Um, but sometimes potential, you know, there, there's a, the potential is a, is a cap to something, right? Like I got the best I could be at that thing. And it doesn't mean you're the best ever, right? He did not make it to the pros. He was not a professional baseball player. There are many, many baseball players who are much, much better than him, but he got to his potential. And so when I think about that and I think about potential, you know, this line, I I keep thinking about this, this particular line over and over and over again, is what does my potential look like in a certain area? When I think about, okay, what do I want to do with this? I want to reach my potential. Well, what is my potential? I don't know until I get started, right? I don't know until I get there. And it's super interesting that like little habits got him to feeling like he reached his potential. Like that's, I mean, that's powerful. What do you think about that? I agree with you. And I would say that, you know, one of the things that people should be hearing in our episodes is that it's all based on first having a dream or having some sort of a passion that you're pursuing. And that then you look at elevating that potential. What do you need to learn? What do you need to do? How do you need to grow to be able to get there? And so when you look at the potential and then you look at really, are you living a life of purpose and meaning? And if you're not, What do you need to do to get there? One of the things after the paragraph you were just talking about, Sam, that I highlighted is where James says that the experience taught him a critical lesson, that changes that seem small and unimportant at first will compound into remarkable results if you're willing to stick with them for years, and that the quality of our lives often depends on the quality of our habits. But he reinforces throughout the end of that chapter that you need to start small. Now, we had an episode episode, I don't know, a couple of weeks back that was from the John Wooden book that was talking about building a shelter for a rainy day. And I had referenced a song by Josh Wilson that was really a a song about humility and being selfless. And this chapter reminded me of another song that Josh wrote. He's an amazing, incredible songwriter. If you've never listened to his music, I highly encourage you to check him out. But he has a song called Dream Small. And, you know, we always think about dreaming big, like having big dreams, and you could tell a kid that they can be anything they want to be in life. But the reality is, there's, you know, when you go up the pyramid in life, there's only so many spots to do certain things. And especially in corporate worlds, you know, you start out maybe as an individual contributor, but if you want to be the CEO, there's only one. So this song, Dream Small, says, don't buy the lies, you have to do it all. And if you dream small, it's about doing little things that compound over time. I'm sure I'll reference it more than once as we go through this book together over the next coming weeks. But there's a great book by Darren Hardy called The Compound Effect. And what it talks about is how all these little things really add up. And what I love about what James teaches us is that he started talking to companies based on his own personal success that had nothing to do with a corporate career, but he was telling companies about the science of habit formation, behavior change, and continuous improvement. And right before the call, Sam, you and I were even talking about what's missing for the success of companies today. And we touched on what's missing maybe in the middle management area. So what does this speak to you about? Yeah, I mean, I think that it, you know, at the end of the day, I always think everything's about focusing on each other, but it's those little things that we do that make the biggest impact. I 
think we talked about this a lot in our last book series, right? Sometimes the things that you do for people that matter the most are small, right? So small habits, small changes, small actions compound into, into really big, big results. And, you know, I think that as leaders, it's especially important that we focus in on the people in our charge and we do all the little things that they need because those little things are what make a difference in the end, right? Having that one-on-one, having, spending that time, getting to know that person as a human, and then serving them in what they need to get their role done. I mean, those are the things that really matter at the end of the day. And you could carry that lesson over to family life and to, you know, things like that, really, really getting to know people as they are and, um, and serving them in that, in that capacity, in the small ways, in the little things. My grandmother always says, find what you're, um, do what your hands find to do. And it's that it's just do the little things that are right there in front of you that, you know, really, really make a big impact to, to people. But this, um, and this book talks about that and, and really talks about how to implement that. So James's hope for all of us in this book is, um, that he find that he's found the ideas by living this book, by, you know, really having this life experience that he's found the ideas that matter most and can connect them in a way that's highly actionable for all of us. So this book, he shares a step-by-step plan for building better habits, not for days or weeks, but really for your whole lifetime. And science supports everything he's written, but it's not an academic paper or book by anything. He calls it an operating manual, which I love, right? It's a very systematic and operations focused person. I was like, all right, I'll take an operating metal, uh, operating manual to, uh, to build some habits, you know, right away. I agree with you. At the end of this intro, Sam, he talks about how he's confident, so confident in what this book will give about a new way of changing your habits and the way we think. He says that human behavior is always changing, situation to situation, moment to moment, second to second. But this book is about what doesn't change. It's about the fundamentals of human behavior and the lasting principles you can rely on year after year. The ideas you can build a business around, build a family around, and build a life around. So as we come to the close of this first episode of our series on atomic habits, what's maybe one thing you took away from our time together today, Sam? I think just excitement in general. I'm super excited about diving into this book because again, like I, I really, I really believe in the power of habits and the power of small actions and the power of systems. And that's really what this gets into is that if we can make this easier on ourselves, we can implement small changes that change the whole trajectory of our life. And that's something I'm super excited to explore. So I can't wait. I can't wait either. I think for me, what I took away from our time together today and from this first intro chapter is that we should find gratitude in everything, even in things that we might consider bad. In fact, I saw this video from my positive intelligence certifications a couple years ago that talked about there's no such thing as good or bad. There just is. And in this case, when I thought about how James had been in this traumatic situation, I instantly thought about my kids. And I know you did the same as well, because both of our kids play sports. 
But what happened for him was something beautiful that came out of that. And I have to believe that in all things, that there are things to be grateful for and that beauty sometimes comes from tragedy. And so I'm really looking forward to what we'll talk about next. Coming up soon will be our next episode where we talk about the surprising power of atomic habits and why small habits can make a big difference. So, but for now, my name is Denise Russo and on behalf of my friend, Sam Powell, thanks for joining us on this episode of What's on Your Bookshelf.